Oh my goodness. I do have so, this though. I can see on James's video, him raising his Saga phone box. Did you open it? Cause we, like two days ago, I messaged you and you said you had it, but hadn't opened it, which is pure blasphemy. That I haven't opened it? I mean, I've opened it, but I have not set it up yet. Yeah, so like you clearly don't deserve it and you should send Whoa. it to me. Whoa, hold on, hold on. Temporarily, it temporarily. Is, no, 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 it is not blasphemy. Me not me. opening it is a sign of respect. I have not had time this week to give it the proper devotion it deserves. The so devotion. I've been holding off so that this weekend I can open it and maybe even do like an unboxing video of some kind, which is nice. probably going to be lame because it'll be like, oh, it's an Android phone. <laughs> but to me, it seems pretty momentous. And that's probably the main reason I haven't like fully set it up yet is I'm like, what if I want to make a video out of it and show people me setting it up? I don't know. Dude, so I don't want to I don't want to be that guy, but like you're stealing my idea because I have every intention of doing that when I get mine. You also should. I will. But yeah, and probably you'll do it before I will because you know me. I rely on you to make this happen. Why would you have any confidence that I'm actually going to make an unboxing video? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got your phone, you bought it, and finished your final payment after you got invited to the beta program. Correct. For, or the developer program for it. What, Correct. like a week, week and a half ago? Uh, I could find out specifics if you give just, me... Just ballpark it. No, I'm going to find out exactly. At it was January time, 13. 13. So that's two weeks ago to the day of us recording. Two weeks ago. Yeah. I bought mine sometime last week. So maybe I have another week until I get mine. Hopefully sooner, but you never know. The weird thing to me was... So I live in Utah, right? I'm like 30 minutes south of Salt Lake. And the tracking number, basically, when I looked at the tracking, showed that it came from Salt Lake City. So I'm over here like, wait, was it shipped from somewhere else and then just like switched package carriers in Salt Lake? Or is there like a facility in Salt Lake pumping out, pumping out sagas? I doubt there's a facility, but my guess would be someone... <laughs> from the Solana mobile team like lives in Salt Lake and they have a bunch of them at their house. That's like my guess. And they're just like shipping them out as they get them or, or whatever. Okay. So, so regardless, Maybe? right. You're probably right. Are. There's not, there's not a facility, but it's like, if there is someone on the Solana mobile team in Utah, why aren't we hanging out? Maybe you're not trying hard enough. You're not motivated hard enough to try to hang out with them. I want to meet up with this person and get the inside scoop on the saga and build some cool shit. Speaking of building cool shit, did you see that the Solana mobile team officially published the documentation for the DAP store and how to actually start submitting DAPs to the DAP store and like the criteria about it? I got two emails about it because I think I signed up for Saga twice with two different emails. Yeah, I, I also I signed up for Saga twice with two different emails by accident. Mine was not an accident. I explained this last time. <laughs> I had to get my it. wife into the Saga event at Breakpoint. Yeah, that's fair. So, buy two Sagas. <laughs> <laughs> my wife uses iPhone and refuses to use anything that's not an Apple product, so I'll never get her to to try it. But, uh, you know, that's that's a different story. To be fair, I, I'm probably in that camp too, but I still have a Saga. That's fair. My wife doesn't even use crypto, like at all. Well, neither does mine. It's a work in progress. Let's not talk about it. 
she's getting more and more involved. I tried to talk her into basically helping me with like project and product management in my business for a long time. And in the last six months or so, I finally convinced her to start helping on some projects. So she's like helping out right now with some of the stuff we're doing for Ironforge. And I'm slowly going to indoctrinate her just by getting her excited about the specific project she's working on until she's like full-blown tech bro. Full red pill. Yep. It's going to be great. I like it. Did you get a chance to read through the publishing guide for the DAP store? No, I've read, a, I've read nothing. So I, I took a, a quick read through it. And so it looks like every app that gets published is published as an NFT. So like you mint an NFT that represents your app. You like put that information inside of your Android configuration. So they ripped off X NFTs is what you're telling me. Not necessarily. I don't know. I don't know enough. So I don't know. I don't know enough about how X NFTs work. It was a joke. Look, I can't smack talk Armani in the, in the XNFT backpack team because like I don't have an invite code yet because you let me down. You basically rugged me on that. I told you I'd back you up if you tweeted at him. Did you tweet at him? No, I didn't. You got ask him for a goddamn code and I will tell him that you will be the best beta tester of all time. It'll Maybe. work. I probably It'll should. It'll work. It'll work. But so like you you publish an NFT, you create a publisher NFT and that's like your public key for your app and then that's somehow used to track every single release you make for the application in the dap store cool and then that's how it's tracked and then there's like a there's a command line utility for updating it and whatnot but uh that's like the gist of it i like that that sounds cool to me dude i don't know if you remember i think it was maybe our very first episode where i i wasn't throwing shade at saga but i was saying that i'm an apple fanboy and you know what i said a minute ago that i'm not probably not going to switch my personal use device to a saga and i also hinted that like i am suspicious of whether or not solana mobile is actually going to reach any kind of broad appeal basically saying i don't know if this is going to be the thing that brings on the next million users sort of thing right i pretty much said that i'm kind of changing my tune Oh, plot thickens. Yeah. So like I've been thinking about it a lot recently. It was a while ago that somebody tweeted saying like, hey, most of the world uses an Android device, right? Maybe that's not the case in the US, but like the vast majority of the world uses Android devices. So something like the Dapp Store, which could probably be, you know, possible even without a saga. Soon, TM. That's a viable thing for most of the world. And so... I was kind of over here thinking like, yeah, maybe the saga is just a forcing function for Apple to adopt some different hardware and sort of do more in the crypto space. But more and more, I'm thinking, actually, the real innovation here is the dApp store, is the fact that in the same way that like the real innovation with the iPhone was the app store, not necessarily real innovation, but that was the draw. That was the appeal. It was one of the many appeals of the iPhone is like the app store. And it's like, yeah, it's about the dApp store. Right right now, there's no incentive for developers in the crypto space to think mobile first. Because if you make a mobile app right now for crypto, you you virtually can't on Apple. And then even on Android, it's just like there's not a whole lot of incentive to, to try to make it work well. And so it's like having a dApp store, like an app store that caters to 
Web3 apps is going to incentivize developers to build for mobile. And that's where we're going to find out like a bunch of new architectural things for, you know, making you know apps for, for mobile devices that work with crypto. And that's, I think that's what I'm excited about. And that's what I think, that's where I think the magic of all this is, right? Is getting developers like you and me to be like, hey, let's start building a mobile first web three app. And that I think is where you start to get mass adoption of crypto is when yeah it's just like the killer app that's going to bring people to crypto is not going to be a web first app it's going to be a mobile first app is kind of where, where my head's at and the dap store is what's going to make that possible yeah i wholeheartedly agree with that it's not impossible to make a mobile app whether whatever chain it is whether it's solana ethereum whatever it is possible there are some in the app store in both iPhone and in the Android ecosystems. For but sure. like from everything I've heard, you just get stuck in giant corporate limbo of these big companies haven't decided like a good process of submitting these types of applications. And the app review itself sucks. Yeah, and then also the, thir- the, the fi- 15% for, for most people. But if you're mm-hmm. massive 30% revenue share, is just not super tenable, especially when they're trying to enforce that even for like simple transfers and stuff, right? It's like you yeah. can't even you can't even like transfer your own NFT in an app store without Apple being like transaction and we should take a cut of that. And it's like, no, that that's not how this works. It's completely crazy, but I definitely agree that A, they take too large of a cut for what they provide. Some cut, sure, it's a business. I can understand you get distribution and whatnot. That's fair. But like, 15 to 30 percent depending on your scale is debatably egregious but back to the core point of i also agree with what you were saying about the having this mobile stack available is what's going to make it so people have a more optionality like you can go to the dap store and try to find whatever type of application you're looking for whether it's a crypto native app or not because if you think about it you don't have to have any crypto features of a dap in the dap store i haven't read through like the official terms but i imagine that won't be in the terms that says it has to be crypto type thing sure at current status you have to do some on-chain stuff in order to publish that seems reasonable that's how it's a public decentralized ledger that is being used to track and version control in a way but you could publish any app you want in theory so like that yeah. having that optionality and I imagine there's going to be tons of content created around this and there's going to be tons of, of individuals that are trying just to generically draw in potentially non-crypto native people to just publish it as another publishing option into another app store, which would be really cool, but uh, yeah. I don't think will happen for a while. But I think the big play with the Solana mobile stack is like, and I think Tolia has said something to the effect of this publicly, is that the goal of this whole Solana mobile thing, that having the Saga phone, is to not make a crap ton of money off of selling phones. Like, there was a relatively low number that he was, like, expecting to sell. I think they've exceeded that number. But it wasn't just to mass-produce phones. It was to create this technology to prove that it works and that people are interested. So that way, the large phone manufacturers, whether that's Samsung or... Huawei or any of these big manufacturers see that people are interested in it. And then hopefully the collective we of the Solana and crypto ecosystem can encourage those manufacturers to include this technology by default. 
So that way it gives people an option. That is going to be the thing that's going to get us to the next billion signers. I think I agree with that. And that would be awesome. I think my point, though, is even a step further where it's like the thing I'm most excited about isn't actually the um, hardware technology, the secure seed vault or whatever it's called. While that is cool, that feels and this could totally just expose my ignorance with hardware, by the way. So like, don't don't take no. If you're listening to this, don't take this as like how it actually is. It's just that doesn't seem like the big thing that matters for user adoption to me. The thing that seems to matter that I think matters is the type of software we create. And I just think we're going to come up with new mobile first patterns. I'm hoping that one of those is something that allows for non-custodial wallets in a way where you don't even think of it as a wallet. Yes. Like my, like my goal, if I were to work on anything in crypto right now and not have to worry about like where I was getting revenue from or whatever, my goal would be to come up with some sort of pattern that basically allowed for the way I see it is basically for like all apps to have their own keys that are somehow like approved by you by some like master key in the same way that you have like a different login for all your apps. It's like you got a different key for all your apps, right? Every single app that you use right now, there's a different user identifier. Even if you use OAuth and log in with Google or Facebook or whatever, they still have a different identifier, but then it's tied to this like central identifier. That's kind of how I envision things at some point. It's like, I want to use an app and not know that I'm doing transactions, not like all that should be abstracted away from me while maintaining non-custodial features. So it's like, I'm not proposing that we're, that everything's a custodial wallet and abstracting away transactions that way. I'm saying let's somehow get the best of both worlds. I don't have the solution. That's what I'm excited for. You're saying like in theory, like a use case would be somehow you could take your hardware wallet that's built into your phone. You could have like an app specific wallet where like that application has can like more easily interact with a specific wallet that's like derived from your mnemonic phrase that's stored on your hardware. Is that kind of what you're saying? That's one way to look at it. Although even in that, in that scenario, you're kind of locked to the hardware and there's this like, well, what if you switch devices down the road, which you will, you'll get a new phone. You punch in your mnemonic. I mean, that's true. I almost see it more like you download an app and the app says, what's your master public key, right? And you, you tell it and then, and then it spins up a private key for you and links it to that public key. And you probably have to do some kind of signing from your, from your master public key or from your master private key to like validate that. Well, but I then mean, that's, the app, that's effectively then, then, like what an associated token account is, right? So exactly, like you can, you can exactly. have an on-chain program that is, is creating yes. a, it's using your public key of whatever yeah. wallet you've connected. It derives an address for their program. It's basically the same thing, right? That's exactly what I'm suggesting. So like none of this actually has to do with Saga. I'm just hoping that Saga accelerates this sort of innovation. This pattern adoption? Yeah, because hopefully developers are thinking, well, what is a mobile UX that works and the current UX doesn't? Otherwise we'd have more people, right? And so to me, I'm just hoping that it's like a forcing function. But yeah, I definitely see it as like an associated token type of thing where instead of thinking of a wallet as 
I've got this wallet extension or this app that stores the private keys for me. It's like, hey, maybe your wallet is an account on a program somewhere that can do what it needs to do without you explicitly. It's like you've given prior authorization and it can do what it needs to do. That also feels more secure to me because then every app is siloed from other apps. So it's like you can be using some service and if that service ends up being sketchy or maybe it wasn't sketchy, but they just have a security exploit, which happens, it's siloed to that particular thing, but was still linked to your identity and your main account. Like something that works one way where your master key can control those sub keys, but not the other way around, obviously. Yeah. So I was actually, I was talking with Soulplay, Jonas, shout out to Jonas. I was talking with Soulplay and we had like a Twitter thread going with him and I think Steve Lucier from Labs. And we were kind of talking broadly about, so like you have the Solana mobile wallet standard, I guess just the wallet standard where it's like, you know, specific types of features and things. And we were kind of just riffing out in the open of a mobile wallet standard with the advent of more mobile experiences that you could potentially have like, you have your mnemonic phrase when you derive your public key and all that jazz. You have like your default wallet and then you can make it so you could delegate any of the derived addresses to a specific app. So like somehow having this built into the wallet standard where like every mobile app who conforms to the standard, you have this as like maybe a couple of taps on your phone where you can say within Phantom or Soulflare or whatever, you know, connect wallet number five that's derived from the chain, connect wallet number five to this app. It'll like, you know, give it like a label saying goes to app whatever name. And that way you could like almost kind of delegate access to that application depending on what the application needs. So say you're having like a game that does like some on-chain interactions. You don't want to have to necessarily approve 75 transactions a day in order to play this game. You could basically set kind of like an approval for all for that game in this wallet. And it makes it a more seamless experience, but it's still on-chain. And then having some easy way to revoke it as well, just in case something sketchy does go on. Having like security measures built in, of course, but like having this as an option would be like super dope. I totally agree. And that's basically what I'm suggesting only through a program so that it's not sharing any kind of info about your wallet in the extension or whatever. And the app can, yeah, it's like the app can then do all the transactions it needs to do. And if you ever decide I'm done with this, it's just one transaction to revoke that public key from being able to do stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, that'd be the same kind of experience or not like user experience type thing we briefly talked about for doing like subscription-based payments. It'd be the same concept. You want to be able to kind of delegate that access in like a better way, but then also be able to easily revoke it and understand like what access you have delegated out there, the potential ramifications of that, depending on whatever programs and wallets you're interacting with. But it'd be the same thing, right? Generally speaking, yeah, it's a similar pattern. I think about that a lot, probably more than I should, given that I'm not actually working on it directly. I feel like every time I actually am doing transactions and like interacting with the network, something crosses my mind where it's like, there's got to be a better way. And this is probably what it looks like. And maybe should spend some more time actually trying to figure that out. But I just, there's... Who's got the time? 
Well, it's like there's lots to tackle and, and I could be tackling one thing while somebody else tackles this problem. I'm not so arrogant as to think that I'm the only person having these ideas. I imagine all of the different wallet creators hopefully are having similar ideas and trying to explore things that they can create. Maybe they aren't all exploring new ideas, but it's like, you know, Backpack is, so maybe Backpack has this sort of thing on, on their radar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, speaking of other wallets, did you see that Phantom announced that they're going to open source at least some part of their wallet uh, code? I did. I or did. or you... depending on who you ask, make source available? Yeah, I did see that kind of in passing on Twitter. Felt like there was some controversy around around it. I feel like some people were throwing shade, I guess. was Is that right? I think people were kind of just not happy. Like, it, it, it goes back and forth. Like a you too know, little, like, too late kind of thing is is sort of the vibe I was uh, getting. Yeah, I think some people were just like kind of butthurt that like saying things to the effect that how is it not already open source? Like MetaMask is open source, Soulflare, or not Soulflare, uh, Backpack is open source, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, and I see it from both both aspects of like, yes, I like open source and I think certain things should be open source. And at least so, like, people can look at the code and say, you know, I agree, nothing nefarious is going on there. But, I mean, just because it's, it is, you can look at the source code doesn't mean nothing nefarious is going on, for one. But then, on the other hand, like, they're also a business that wants to make money so that way they can sustain their business. And that's a tactical business decision that if you're running a company and the potential to open source your code is something that you have to it's like something you have to like make a conscious decision of or yeah at it, least should make a decision it, on not just you know close source by default like i don't know it's not even just like they want to make money it's like they have to if they want to continue to exist and continue to make improvements you can want to make money for almost altruistic reasons right if you're running a nonprofit that does some thing that you think is really noble it's like you still need to raise funding so that you can continue to exist and do the thing that you find noble and meaningful same goes for businesses right if you're a business in crypto for all we know there's a founder out there who like their focus is money right now because they want to have enough runway to survive and be able to do like bring about Live these... to build another day yeah i mean look it sounds dumb and nor am i like defending someone I don't know because I'm, I have no idea what people's motivations are. I'm just saying it's possible. You know what I mean? I'm saying it's one possible motivation. But that being yeah. said, I think, I think like making code available is great. The end. Letting us see your code is, is usually a good thing. Yeah. At the very least, I like having like reference implementations. That way you can like, I always like seeing how people build stuff especially when I find someone I respect and just to see how they build stuff and how I would potentially build it. I like nerding out on that kind of stuff. I mean, I think all devs appreciate that. It's like, how has this been done before? How can I tweak this and tailor it to my use case? But, oh man, Phantom. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Phantom's gotten a lot of heat recently when it's like, hey, Phantom's like a big part of Solana. You know what I mean? It's like, let's be, let's be grateful, I guess in some way. I still use Phantom a lot. I, I said this last week that it's like that's most of my transactions are done on mobile and I usually use Phantom on mobile. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's my go-to mobile wallet. 
You know what I'm thankful for? What? Solana Spaces. Solana Spaces? And the Drip House NFTs. They, I just think they're cool. Are, are they sponsoring you? Or is are you just trying to like put they're a plug for Solana Spaces? They're not sponsoring me. I just, I mean. Are you, hey, are you siphoning in... money off the side without getting me in on this? <laughs> I am not siphoning money, nor am I getting paid for any of this. However, comma, I do have a bunch of invite codes for drip.house that Solana Spaces sent me because of because of Twitter. So I started just giving away a bunch of codes on Twitter. And, you didn't uh, just start using it with a bunch of different wallets so that you can have no. more NFT? <laughs> no. I mean, I could if I really wanted to. I actually tried to get my wife to set up a, a wallet. And I was like, here, you can have like these really cool pictures and like try to like onboard her a little bit. And she's like, well, and she's why? like, this is the dumbest. Like, she was like, dumbest oh, why would I've I want seen. that? And I was just like, well, fine then. <laughs> That's hilarious. If anyone wants a drip.house invite, DM me on Twitter. I can, I have like 10 more still. Do I have one just from I think being... You, I think you inherently like get, get one a one. week. Okay, so I, I might have one that I can give. My wife will let me set it up for her. She'll, <laughs> she won't care, but I'll do it anyway because maybe one day she will care and she'll be happy that she has See, that's what the I'm NFTs. Saying. But I have, I have currently all 15 of them, so I'm an OG. Damn, I only have one. Like a nerd. I mean, you can buy a bunch of them on secondary for like... This has been going on for 15 weeks? A fraction of a soul. Um, I guess so. Man, I gotta like pay more attention to things. I pay attention to very little. And uh, I try to track too many things. And uh, some, some things I find, some things I don't. I just play with random things. Like I started playing with Midjourney, the AI, one of the AI artwork I feel like uh, you, you feel like you tweeted about that you said something about mid-journey the other day i purchased it like i don't really i bought a subscription for it after playing with it for like five minutes i've used dolly before dolly 2 uh-huh. one of the other uh-huh. really popular ones and i was like oh this is cool it's fine that you get some free credits every month and i was dolly like yeah, is open like ai's one yes yes and then someone told me to check out mid-journey so i started playing with it i was like oh i like this a lot better and i bought it like immediately so I bought a subscription for the year. Do they make their own model or are they leveraging OpenAI's model and just doing some kind of tweaking? I don't know. I, I don't think they're tied in with OpenAI, but I do okay. think they use Stable Diffusion under the hood, which I guess Got like it. from like my very broad and potentially incorrect understanding is Stable Diffusion is one of the more common open source model software. So you can like train your own custom models and do a bunch of stuff with it. And then companies okay. have decided to use Stable Diffusion as their base, train a custom model for whatever they want, and then go from there. And I, I think Midjourney uses Stable Diffusion, but OpenAI does not, I think is what it is. I think OpenAI created their own model, their own like actual machine learning algorithms. Interesting. Interesting. But don't quote me on that because that's not backed up by any <laughs> research other than anecdotal Twitter. No research at all. Awesome. It's been really cool. I've been playing around with it and I have some plans to do something with it. Oh yeah? That's yeah. not cryptic at all. Before we wrap up, what other news from the week do we need to or should we discuss? Tolly was on the Super Team podcast. Did you get a chance to listen to that? How is that? No, I don't I don't really listen to podcasts, which no. is ironic given that we're talking on one, but it is kind of ironic. But 
it was pretty I'm cool. You, I'm assuming you listened to it. Yeah, I listened to the whole thing. It was pretty cool. So it was totally talking with someone from the Ethereum ecosystem. I don't really have any exposure to this other person, so I don't really know anything about them other than what okay. their Twitter bio said. They work for some Ethereum protocol as a developer. And him and Tolly were kind of just going back and forth, talking about some stuff. It was, I think, moderated by someone from Clockwork, maybe, but don't quote me on that. But it was on the Super Team podcast, which was, you know, it was pretty cool. If uh, It was pretty technical. and Moderated by C-Node, not Clockwork. C-Node, thank you. I apologize to all involved. <laughs> uh, what, what's the, what's like the key takeaways i'm like looking at the youtube right now it looks like they talked about some roll-up stuff talked about lts yeah. maybe yeah it trustless was... trustless bridges too that's yeah a... they did talk about bridges which i thought was funny because i actually listened to it right before we recorded our last episode where we like briefly talked about bridges it was pretty interesting uh talked about roll-ups on ethereum and kind of some scaling issues with any crypto blockchain and it was pretty cool pretty cool listen i actually made go listen to that one because i I feel like Tolly's always really civil in his conversations yes. with people on yeah. other chains and stuff, which is awesome. Tolly just puts out good vibes. By the way, I get the same vibe from Vitalik, right? It almost feels like sort of the leaders of both those ecosystems are super civil. And then there's some others that I won't name that like really aren't sometimes. And I'm like, hmm, if that's the type of leadership behind this i don't know if this thing's going to succeed i'm bullish on solana in part because of Tolly, and then i also feel like ethereum might do some cool stuff because of vitalik who knows we'll see only time will tell only time will tell well cool everyone go listen to that one i might listen to it myself in part because of what i just said i'd love to see Tolly interacting directly with someone from another ecosystem and sort of just see how that interaction goes i'm super interested to hear what the other guy has to say when they're talking about like roll-ups and stuff yeah it was pretty cool all right you want to wrap it yeah we can wrap it's been a pleasure folks until next time okay bye peace